Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and soon we'll probably be knee-deep in snow. Hopefully. It's knee-deep in rain. But that's, Currently, yeah. That's November in, in, in Sweden. Yeah, so I, so I left for Birmingham Wednesday morning. Right. We had minus 12 degrees Celsius when I left Linköping. Mm. Plus 14 degrees Celsius in Birmingham. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was like 25, 26 degrees difference. Yeah. Huh. That's that's a lot. Yeah. So, would, would it's would, the 30th of November, I might add. Yes. This is episode 57. Cool. It is. You just came back from Birmingham. Birmingham, right? Yeah. So, the last tech UG of the year. Oh, uh, nice. Yep. Which was great. Uh, I had the opportunity to stay afterwards this time as well. Um Enjoyed Birmingham, the few hours I w- was there. Okay. I probably spent more hours awake in Amsterdam on my way to and from Birmingham than I actually stayed in Birmingham. You had serious layovers? Yeah, five hours each Ooh, way. That's that's hard. Yeah. But it was it was great fun, as always. Uh, I can't state enough how important Tech UG has been to me. Mm-hmm. It's made a huge difference, and it's it's great fun to meet all of these communities some are large, some are small, but it's great to meet the local communities in all of these cities which where TechUG takes place. Because that's, at the end of the day, that's where it matters. Yeah. Everybody is talking about the, the big conferences and how cool that is. But at the end of the day, it's the regular people in all the cities out there that is the, the, the basis for everything we do. Yeah. And I think that's the fun part about us arranging the Global Azure Bootcamp in Linköping. Uh-huh. And we became the largest Global Azure Bootcamp in Sweden last year, the first time we arranged it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this time we won't m- make quite as many mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be arranging one in Linköping. I've already received two additional speakers. Really? Yeah, in, in person and also a number that would like to attend virtually. Awesome. Yep. So we'll have great fun this year as well. So the 27th of April. April 27th, right? Yep. Uh, great fun. I'm very much looking forward to that one. And maybe this time we'll sort the uh, networking issues <laughs> beforehand so we don't have to hack the uh, venue net. I don't think you should say anything else without your lawyer. Attorney? Attorney. Yeah. Moving on. And to be completely fair, you didn't hack it. I didn't hack it. Someone no, no, else no. did. Someone, someone else might have hacked the venue. Maybe. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. So, so but, speak. let's start with what we're doing for the last few weeks of the year. Okay. I am going to London yep. for the UK Cloud Infrastructure yep. User Group. Yep. And that I'm going to go there Monday and come back home Tuesday. Yep. So I'm going to be delivering a completely new session. Tilting at windmills, Power BI, or actually um, self-service BI from an infrastructure perspective. Yep. And I just put out a blog post about this. Cool. Because the um, I'm going to do some experiments with this session. <laughs> Anything you could tell you, our listeners? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yep. yeah. And one of the things is that I will be delivering this session in three different voices. As in, there are going to be two, a 
persons or or characters that have quite an argument and my regular voice will be the narrator i'm looking into if i can get a plane ticket for london <laughs> oh you should this is going to be hilarious if i manage to pull this off it is just going to be have you submitted this session to any other conferences or user groups as of yet or do you want to try it out first yes on both counts <laughs> Since I started writing it, I realized that, oh my, this is going to be so much fun. Yep. So I have submitted it to, for instance, Data Grillen yep. in, in Lingen. And as as it stands, it's called Tilting at Windmills, yep. which I've been told might not be a very good um, title unless you are pretty familiar with the English language. Yep. Tilting at Windmills is an expression that not... It is not that common. I haven't hadn't heard it before you your session. No, that that's kind of my my point. I'm going to change the name of this session to "Arguing with Myself." <laughs> Self-service BI from an infrastructure <laughs> perspective, and maybe it's going to be as um, catchy as SQL Server hates you. Yeah, because I'm completely of the opinion that a good catchy title is going to get you. Um, and at more conferences. Yep. So yeah, it's it's going to be pretty different. I have put a lot of thought into the storytelling aspect of this session. And there are very, very many images. The whole, uh, the whole PowerPoint file is 100 megabytes. Whoa. And that's down from 145 on, when I learned to... I do some um, interesting things to compress um, stuff in it. So it, it's it been a learning experience and I am very much looking forward to try it out. Yeah. Cool. And I, 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 I know my stuff. I know the information. The information is, is relevant, but I have not tried to do this kind of delivery. Nope. And eh, I'll try yeah. anything once. Yeah. Speaking of PowerPoints, I downloaded probably the largest PowerPoint file I've seen yesterday. Really? One of the Ignite slide decks is 408 megabytes. And suddenly my 100 megabytes doesn't seem too <laughs> I big. I haven't opened it yet, so I don't know what's in it. Probably some movies or whatever. Probably, yeah. Uh, so I'll look into that. All right. Moving on with Office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Say hello to Microsoft's new Office icons. They were super sexy. They, they sure... Oh, the OneDrive one, especially. I know, right? You should definitely check out the uh, the links uh, yep. to these. I'll, I'll put them in the, the show notes. Yeah. So Microsoft has revealed all the new Office 365 app icons, which basically will be more fluent. So they want to keep them simple mm -hmm. while maintaining what they represent. Right. And also, in a way, having one icon and one letter that represents the actual um, T for service. Team, T for Teams, uh, O for Outlook, N for Notes. Yeah, and OneDrive didn't get anything. <laughs> Here we go. The poor cloud. Ah. Uh, but they, they stickers of these will be just brilliant. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the, the picture. There are two S's. One is Skype. What is the other one? SharePoint. Or SharePoint. No, that must be Sway. Must That's be Sway. Sway. Okay. Should be Sway. Right. Sway. Yep. Cool. 
Yeah, it should be Sway. Could be SharePoint, though. But I would say Sway. Hmm. Yep. There's actually a movie. I haven't seen that. I'll look into that later. <laughs> no, I'm sure you will. Yep. So new office icons, it's probably not that not nothing that will revolutionize anything. No, but it's still a pretty powerful uh, statement. I mean, yep. these are the the icons that we look at each and every day. Yep. For yeah. And we have seen the same icons for five years now. Two thousand and thirteen, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. And I just want to talk very quickly about learning styles. Yep. I am very good at reading insane amounts of information, assimilating it, and then knowing it. So pretty much I'm, I'm very good at reading stuff. Yep. But there comes a time when I need to take this information and apply it to something in order to to get things to actually stick. Yep. I have all the pieces, but I not I don't necessarily know exactly where they fit. It, take Dax, for instance. Read the the Italians books. Yeah. Then you know Dax, but you might not necessarily be able to apply this knowledge nope. of Dax. So I just had. It started out as as most interesting projects do. With a, huh, I wonder if this is doable. A colleague of mine asked me to create a dashboard to keep track of all our certifications. Yep. And considering the fact that we're like 50, no, uh, about a thousand uh, people that actually do work. <laughs> as that in, wasn't to remember that the sales stuff do certifications as well. I know, I know. Yeah, so uh, we have about a thousand uh, consultants. Technical consultants, yeah. yeah. And maybe 12, 1,300 people that do certifications. Yep. And we need to keep track of who has what certification, when is the expiry date, and how many do we have and how many do we need in order to stay current as a specific partner level. Yep. And as it is now, it is a bit of a, a crapshoot because <laughs> we get information from every vendor that may or may not be correct. We have information in our internal systems that may or may not be correct. And we have not been able to integrate this in a uh, simple, uh, easy-to-use manner. Yep. So I was asked, can we do this in Power BI? And since whenever people ask me if it can be done in Power BI, I say, of course it can. And then I uh, got to work with it. And let's just say that my understanding of some aspects of DAX and Power BI have like skyrocketed just from having an actual project to work on. And yep. it, it doesn't matter what kind of project it is, as long as it is a quote, real unquote prob project. Yep. So that's uh, a good point when it comes to learning stuff. You can only learn so much from just reading. Yeah, and you need to apply it to something. You definitely do. And this is one of my, my shortcomings. I have a very hard time coming up with a project, a, a fake project, if you will, to apply my knowledge. Yep. You don't. Because you just whip up something awesome and then you start <laughs> hacking away with it. <laughs> I find that to be very, very difficult. Thank you. I and, guess. and just getting one of these things in my lap was super helpful. Yep. So that's a top tip. Try your um, knowledge, your new knowledge on an actual project and yep. see where you fail. Because <laughs> yeah. failing is the best and, way of learning. Yeah, and I actually got a, a 
similar problem to solve yesterday, uh, really? where a colleague had questions about Azure Hybrid AD Join mm-hmm. or Hybrid AD Join. Uh, and I won't go into detail on that because I haven't really summed up all my thoughts on it yet. But I, I'm getting how to explain it now, mm-hmm. which to me makes a lot of sense and helps me to learn it. I think you said at, at some point that if you learn something and you then teach it to someone else, that's the best way of learning it. Yep. That's um, the fine line way of, of yep. learning. Um, so that's something I and I enjoy when I get questions that I need, that I perhaps can answer, but then it starts all these crazy thoughts in my head. Uh, yep. And then I realize stuff. Exactly. And I mean, there are so many things hiding between the cracks and you've been staring at something. Take... DAX syntax, for instance, you've seen the the examples in the book, you've tried it out, the examples, and it worked just perfectly. And then someone asks a question, but what about this? It kind of reminds me of me um, studying mathematics in, in high school. And there is a reason why I could solve all the stuff in the book, but none of the stuff in the, the exams. Yep. Cause there is a, subtle difference between reading and doing an example and applying the same yep. idea Definitely. that's for us as, as um, trainers that's the the whole essence of of um, of training and, and and speaking yep all right so yeah that was that was my um that was my only power bi thing this week yeah but i think you have had your power bi moments for the last 56 episodes Oh, there, there is going to be so much more. Yeah, but, but but really, I guess some people may argue: Why are you taking half your podcasting time and putting it into Power BI? But I always learn a lot from it that I can apply to what I do. And like we've said a thousand times, the new currency of the world is data. Sure, and you have the only way to actually print that data into bills pretty much and I, I i could say the same thing a few of my friends say why do you take 50 percent of your precious podcast time to talk about boring stuff like clients and modern <laughs> workplace and i say the same Th- thank thing thank you adam <laughs> right <laughs> everything everything is connected everything is is everything comes back yeah and you were at a um an event a sales event where you were the only guy that could actually do both the the um, specific thing that you were selling. It's it's non NDA. So it's not NDA. No, okay. No, no. Surface um, the, the whole Surface lineup. Yeah. And you can do Microsoft 365. Yeah. And you can do hardware. Yep. And most people are just doing one thing, and it when you combine all the things, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. And it's the same with data. One data source is cool. Two yep. data sources are cooler. Three data sources and upwards. And if you start to do some serious insights, it's going to be amazing. Definitely. Yeah. So it's great fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we, that. let's take a few seconds to let us sink in. What did just sink in? The data. Did the data sink in? Okay, so this episode is sinking data. <laughs> as long as it's sinking and not singing. Let's not go there. It is a Friday after all. 
yeah, it's it's way too late to do this. And speaking of NDAs, <laughs> and this is not <laughs> covered by NDAs for either of us. Hopefully. No, I'm pretty sure it isn't. There was a, a very interesting article at VentureBeat that was penned by... Um, it was actually penned by Emil Pratolinsky, but there's a guy called Brad Sams yep. who has released a book chronicling the uh, Microsoft Surface brand beneath yep. the surface. And while it's it's 26 chapters deep, there are some quite interesting ideas about the um, the roadmap for 2019 and even parts of 2020 when it comes to the Surface lineup. And some of the things that are stood out for me was the um, USB-C, finally. And that's... But, but, but... What? I know. I love USB-C. Mm-hmm. But one of the persons that have been most critical to the lack of USB-C ports on the Surface lineup is probably Paul Thurot. All right. And he's a colleague of Brad. Uh, and a few Windows Weekly episodes ago... Paul had a discussion and thoughts on the USB-C connection uh, based on some comments that Microsoft did. Mm-hmm. And looking at it, if you're completely honest, you have a Surface laptop Gen 1. Yep. I have a Surface Pro um, 4. How many accessories do you have that uses USB-C? Two. Two. Which are? Two screens. Two screens, yep. yes. So I, I can drive my huge 34-inch curved, amazing screen, by the way, and this is not endorsed by <laughs> whatever, it, via USB-C. Yep. And I have my small, compact um, Asus USB-C yep. screen. And what I like with the USB-C is that you can daisy chain just like you can do with USB. It's yep. a smaller connector. You can do everything on one standardized connector. Yep, which makes sense. Sure. That, 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 how many accessories do you use which uses a USB Type A? A lot more. Exactly. But I think that's the wrong question because that's what I have today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but looking at what you have today, I would say that the next device we both changed to, mm-hmm. USB-C, Definitely. Sure. And that's what we see. If you look at... Uh, we see USB-C. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Surface Go USB-C connector. Uh, Surface Studio USB-C connector. Mm-hmm. Um, which else are there? There are one more uh, with USB-C. Where they replace one of the display ports with USB-C. Right. Because that's really what you need. Sure. I can use my USB-C connector using an adapter to USB-A. That mm-hmm. works just fine. Sure. Um, so I've been skeptical to this before. I would say that, yeah, it would make sense to have a USB-C. But I do now see why they haven't prioritized it. And they are also probably waiting for new chipsets, which True. will enable Thunderbolt fully for that's, USB-C. That's a very good point. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the port is 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 um flexible no unless you have the chipset support for it too and that's a good point but i'm really looking forward to the new surface pro 
Q4 next year. And that's interesting. Q4, that's... That's that's late. It is late. But again, they will probably announce it Q3, which is one year after they announced yeah, the sixth generation. Point. My only challenge is that I would like a new one earlier than that. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, other interesting things you would like to mention from this article? Yeah, the uh, the uh, AMD-based Surface Laptop. Yeah. Running the uh, Picasso architecture. And Picasso is not released yet. Nope. There are some uh, findings of Picasso in uh, just a few days ago yep. on the, the absolutely newest Ryzen uh, CPUs. And that's, it's going to be interesting to see AMD stuff coming out. Yep. I have no idea how AMD's mobile uh, I, stuff I, works. I used to be an AMD fanboy. So was I. Yeah. They had a great story. They were amazing with their, what was the name of those? The uh, first... Athlon. G- Athlon. Athlon. No, the one after that. Duron. No, that was the, the lower grade. So. Moron. <laughs> no, uh, it was something like Spitfire. Yeah, what was the name of it? No, I never mind. I, I bought the dual core four six... Four, Phenom. F- yeah. Phenom. Phenom. Exactly. Yep. 4,600 plus or something like that. And Phenom yeah. had three cores. Some of them had, yes. Yes. Because they took the faulty quad cores. Yep, yep. That, Which was awesome. Weird, but awesome. Yeah, and, and looking at how well Intel is performing or delivering on their CPUs currently. Mm. Um, Moving on. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's going to be interesting. And the most interesting thing, and this is apparently in 2020 is surface monitor yeah oh. and the modular design did, uh, that debuted for surface hub 2 yeah and it might make its way into the surface studio because one of my main gripes with the surface studio is the fact that if the the cpu or the the, um, the computer is either borked or is old yeah well it sucks to be you you have a, a two and a half thousand dollar paperweight yep and that but, sucks. I, but i've seen and i don't know how they sold this it's Apparently, it's possible to use the screen with an external device because I've seen Microsoft stores where they connect an Xbox One X to the Surface Studio. I think, and this is just me guessing, I think it is the same way as Apple does it with their iMacs. As long as the machine is on, powered on, you can use it as a pass-through video device. Cool. In the Mac case, depending on if your um, logic board is damaged or not you might not get that to work mm. even if you have decided to um to skip your your imac yep uh should we keep talking about devices i have a bunch of other stuff but no let, let's let's let the, the, oh we oh, need yeah, 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 we yeah. need a config manager update <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever but <laughs> i know so, so we are weighing a config manager update towards one Hundred thousand Hololenses. Wait, are then, you actually saying that you rather talk Hololens? No, I did not. Let's go for Config Manager. Okay. Uh, Boring. So, the unofficial MVP summit was held in Redmond this last week for the Enterprise Mobility MVPs. All right. Um, I wasn't able to go, which I feel very sad for. Oh, um, I've, I've heard you feel sad. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it was great. No. No surprise there. Simon is not bitter at all. And Mirko Kollenberg got to release the new Config Manager update. Oh, he pushed the button. He pushed the button. Ah, cool. Uh, And there are, of course, a huge number of um, features. Mm -hmm. 
we have now support for Windows Server 2019. Oh, nice. Uh, new high availability options. So you can now have your site servers, so the core of your infrastructure, in an active passive, passive configuration, which you haven't been able to do previously, only other site systems. Oh, really? So that's cool. Yep. And and you have been able to have the, the database as such highly available, but yeah, not yeah, the actual yeah, site yeah. systems. Cool. Uh, that's been in preview, and but now it's released. Uh, new boundary group options, so you can now decide if a certain computer on a certain network should prefer distribution points over peers. So rather than using peer-to-peer -peer technology, should you prefer a distribution point um, and the other way around? And you can also tell some of your branch offices, for example, to prioritize a cloud distribution point over a local one if they have a better internet connection than van connection back to their DP. That's useful. Yep. Uh, Even I understand yeah. that. <laughs> we now also have, and this has been in preview for a while as well, uh, you can now wake up clients from the Config Manager console even if the client isn't on the same subnet as the site server. We've been discussing yep. that before. Yep. So, but you need to have a woken up computer in the subnet that yep. you're trying to, yeah, because yep. they, they bounce the magic packet over that yep. one. Exactly. Right. Um, improvements to how you evaluate collections. We have a number of new improvements to the co-management part of Config Manager. This one is particularly interesting. You can now automatically convert your MSI applications into MSIX. Really? Config Manager can convert them for you. Remind me, what's the, the difference between an MSI and an MSIX? I'll put it real, really briefly. Um, if you look at an MSI package, if you install that and then uninstall it, it's, it's fairly common that you will leave some stuff behind that causes the device to be slower or behave. In the classic DLL hell. Exactly. exactly. Okay. MSIX is way more self-contained in such. So if you install the MSIX, everything is removed. Uh, you also have some benefits when it comes to patching it, extending it, uh, and you can also deploy it using a variety of other tools. How difficult would you say that this automatic conversion is under the hood? I'm really sorry if I... If I <laughs> offend someone? I offend someone. How hard can it be? If you look at how you do these packages mm -hmm. um, manually, this is what we have done with AppV for quite a while. Okay. It's the same kind of um, same kind of technology behind it. Uh, it's not, even though it's complex in the way that you need uh, something to actually extract the MSI on and catch it into an MSIX, it, it's fairly simple i would say so even if if the technology is not super cool it is very useful yeah and, and it, it enables you to quicker mm. migrate to intune for example yeah yeah we like that uh we also have task sequence support of windows autopilot for existing devices so you can upgrade this is available in with windows 10 insider previews currently so you can upgrade a windows 7 device to Windows 10, and then force it to enter in an autopilot experience. 
Oh. So you upgrade it and then you let the user actually enroll it, which is useful. Phased deployments, which you have discussed yep. several times, yep. is now available for software updates, which again makes so much sense. Not only for the Windows updates. Uh, yeah, soft, so everything software updates. Mm. Um, makes a lot of sense. Definitely. More insights. Uh, and this is interesting in a way. Did you know that there's an on-premises MDM service in Config Manager? When you say on-premises MDM, do you mean just a staging or what kind of MDM? Full MDM. Oh, really? Full. I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, you can manage your uh, devices on your local network using Config Manager. And that has previously required a connection to Intune. Yeah. But now it doesn't. So you can actually run Config Manager, manage your MDM devices on your local network without requiring internet connection, without the connection to Intune. You still need to have Intune licenses, but Fair you enough. don't need to connect it. Fair so you enough. can do a, a fully disconnected scenario for MDM on your local network. Cool. Yep. Which makes a lot of sense for point of sale, for sure. uh, read, for um warehouses yeah, the, industry the, the, whatever the classic submarine idea yeah all right so lots of new things awesome in many ways shape or form um yep yeah. so how would you rate this this uh update is it, it is a big one or a small one or a medium one or just another company manager it's never just another config manager. <laughs> uh, someone actually, one of the people that were attending uh, the meetup this week in Redmond had made, made a, a small piece of cloth with cross stitches. Is that what you say? Yeah. 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 Which said, the rumor of my death is highly exagger um, exaggerated. Exaggerated. Uh, yeah. What you said? Exaggerated. Exaggerated. <laughs> This is not going too well. Could you say it, please? Exaggerated. Thank you. Uh, SECM. Oh. Yeah. So it's never just another config manager. I think I would say that this brings a lot of great small improvements that many have been asking for. It's a lot of user voice items here. It's nothing really huge. But they are kind of clearing the boards. Yeah, yeah. Which is always yeah. nice. Yep. Okay. So I like it. Thank you for that. Awesome. Keep up the good work. For an for an on-premises product, which it's it still is, the the pace which the config manager product group is able to push out new features is just amazing. David James and then the rest of the crew is just doing such a great job. And it's it's again, it's a great group to work with. And I think on that bombshell it is time to end the show. We will maybe be back next week. I think we're going to we, be I think back. We, I think we'll be back next week. And then we need to discuss. Or are we going to be back this week, depending on when this episode airs? <laughs> we're going to be back soon. Yeah. And until then, thank you very much for listening. Have Bye. a good one. Bye.